You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. I don't know, but it was, it was contagious. Both Jen and I got it. We we think we well, no, because it's called. I don't know. We, we were trying to we were trying to <laughs> backtrack and figure out who patient zero was because uh, yeah. we both started feeling bad at work, and then we gave it to another friend that Friday night, and, and they uh, gave it to two friends. She was sick as of Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the R naught is two. Yeah. Did, did, were one of the symptoms you having a red tint to your eye? Uh, no, why? No, okay. Pink eye? Yeah. Oh, is yeah, that what you're going for? That's what I was going for. <laughs> I, just, I just come out, come out and say it. You're trying to. You, you, how about syphilis? About syphilis? Syphilis? No, I was. I was <laughs> it's I Ebola. Was out a little bit because, uh, yeah, no, I, I seriously, after uh, our, our little scare here last, was that about a year ago when that all happened? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. yeah, probably about a year ago at this point. Yeah. So I, I did Google uh, symptoms because I know it comes in phases. Like it, it feels like the flu at first. You did not. Yeah. Every time you, you Google symptoms MD. for something, I know you WebMD. Everything Fucking leads to web, cancer. Yeah, hypochondriacs.com. <laughs> they should name that URL. Uh, well, this is the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. I'm Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes we're on a delay. Uh, this is where we come to talk about movies. Uh, usually they're bad movies. Sometimes they are undiscovered or underappreciated gems of the cinematic universe. Whatever the case may be, we will watch those movies and then come back here, give our immediate impressions, and uh, talk about it with you, our lovely listeners. Uh, we also have Howie here in the studio with us. Hello, sir. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, Howie's joining us because Joel, as you've seen, is, um, is out. <laughs> He's... He's Skyping in, and uh, yes. and I kind of wanted to have, instead of doing what we did last time, where it was just Joel and I one-on-one Skyping, like a bad freaking news, like via satellite interview, uh, yes. I thought that I'd have somebody in the studio with me so I could kind of, you know, have someone to focus some energies on, uh, and and it wouldn't feel as awkward as it did. That's just the bottom line. It felt awkward yeah. the last time. It was. It was um, pretty awkward. So, yeah, what we watched uh, is G.I. Joe. The rise of Cobra, the one that the one that started it all. Uh, if <laughs> if you if you want to say that about a, about a franchise that's only two movies in, uh, but, well, but apparently they're making a third. They should be making a third one. Third one being uh, in production right now. They Why should do you be. say that? Because these are fun movies. <laughs> Not based on what I just saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tend to agree with Joel. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, so G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, based on the uh, the Hasbro toy line, uh, based on the old cartoon, which was based on the Marvel comic. Uh, you've got... So, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This was a Marvel comic before it was a cartoon. Oh, I had no idea. Yep. Uh, and I, I have a couple of issues <laughs> with what this movie did. Uh, as far as like the the legacy, the source material, if you will, uh, but but overall, uh, I this is a definitely a guilty pleasure movie for me. Yeah, uh, and I can see that. I like the director. Let me know if I'm cutting somebody off though, because I, I when I start talking, I just barrel over. Joel, you don't you don't I'm care talking. if you cut people off when you're here in person. I was gonna say it's a lot like reality, <laughs> and this is better because I can't hear you trying to cut me off. So I'm just gonna just gonna roll on. No, um. I like the director. He's the guy who did the Mummy movies, or at least the first couple of ones um, before they handed those off. And uh, he's got a great eye for action and pacing and uh, knows how to sprinkle a little comedy in there. Uh-huh. Um, and, and he has an, an affection for Brandon Fraser, 
Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Did Brendan Fraser, like, I, I'm watching it, this again, and I've seen this movie, like, several times. I'm watching this thing. I'm sorry. like, holy shit, fucking Brendan Fraser's in this goddamn he movie. He has, like, four lines, and two of them are, oh, they're, <laughs> they're Joes. No, he's watching watching Channing Tatum get knocked over. He goes, oh. Yeah, he says, oh, again? Yeah. And he then the like last thing lines. he says is, they're Joes. Yep. <laughs> I, I had to rewind and, and verify that that was him and then IMDb it because I was like, what the f-? surely they wouldn't just cast Brandon Fraser for one scene. But, oh, yeah, uh, and he's got yeah. such a bad accent in the movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I was reading, I guess they were trying to, there's some character that he was based off that was supposed to have a Cajun accent, and I think he's trying to do a Cajun accent. And so so maybe there are more scenes where he's doing a horrible Cajun accent They they've cut him out. Well, here's the thing with his character. When he first shows up, I thought someone said Sergeant Slaughter. Like, I thought he was supposed to be Sergeant mm. Slaughter, who, like, in in the legacy of G.I. Joe, like, he is legendary. Like, that's that's an awesome character. And so I was yeah. like, uh, no, they're not, seriously. And then I, I went back and re- re-listened, and I was like, oh, Sergeant Stone. I don't even remember a character named Sergeant Stone. I don't either. Um, so this movie it's hard to pinpoint like what it's about <laughs> it's kind of just an extended Straight. it's an extended live action episode of the cartoon is basically what it is because it's a whole bunch of nonsense that's cut together horribly this is coming from someone who who really likes this movie but it's cut together <laughs> horribly yeah there's sometimes you go oh my god this, the scene just changed but wow <laughs> not just that howie but the fact that like the movie starts in the year 1641 right we we didn't. This is this is one of these movies where if you go see it in theaters, you check your your ticket <laughs> yes. stub to make yeah, sure you wandered into the right theater. Like, I had the forgotten fuck? it started out like that, and you sent me that link to watch it. I'm going. Did he send me the right link? <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Why am I watching Man in the Iron Mask? <laughs> right. So that's that's a big mistake, and it's a big problem that kind of runs throughout this entire movie. That's just basically about arms dealer. It's just an arms dealer who's played by the the ninth Doctor, um, Chris Eccleston. Uh, but he's trying to sell. He comes. His family lineage is their arms dealers. Right. That, that's such a that's such a dumb thing to have for your family legacy. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't seem like a, a family tradition that would carry on right? generations and centuries. Like, that probably dies out after a couple of yeah. generations. Well, and you knew he was the bad guy as soon as he opened his mouth. You're like, <laughs> right. okay, he's going to double cross everybody, and never, you know, he's the bad guy. Okay. And what what country? Or they, is he? <laughs> they, they, he's like having a meeting at NATO, and he's talking about this weapon that's like. It's it's nanomites and it'll eat yeah. everything made out of metal and it never stops. Yeah, and so, like all these nations are like, okay, yeah, let's, sounds good. Let's do that. That's not that sounds kind of like that sounds kind of like um, uh, illegal warfare. Well, it, well, if you're in the Middle East, your stuff's made out of sand, so you don't care. Right. <laughs> oh my God, Jesus! Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, already off the bat, this movie seems improbable. Uh, like the fact that these nanobites have been uh, have been have made it this far into production without any oversight. Right. He's, just, he's just now presenting this to the world. Oh, by the way, we have this technology that eats through metal and uh, can. Be be the end of us all and it never uh, stops hey, unless anybody unless you touch this button then it'll <laughs> stop but like now right. i'm totally with you joel like who who is letting this go forward there's got to be some senate oversight committees that are like um mm-hmm. no <laughs> no you well, can't no, because he does like 70 percent of the world's arms dealing he does 70 percent of the world's arms dealing but and now here's the deal guys <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and listener i'm going to stress this again i like this movie here's the deal 
why the fuck didn't Destro just make the missiles and then like bring them with him to the under ice cap base? For Cobra, like, why did did we go through all the formality of, like, the Joes have to transport it? Well, maybe somebody found out he was making the nanomites, and that's, then he had to bring it public, and now he has to go through this whole convoluted thing. (laughs) But then why didn't they put that in the movie? (laughs) Right. Well, they did, it was was cut. Yeah, it it was in the director's cut, yeah. What there was that, go. Joe? Yeah, yeah. I I like the fact that uh, you know in the year 2015 we, we know everything about the next iPhone that's going to come out. You know through all these leaks <laughs> in China, but uh, nobody saw this coming. Yeah, it yeah. all happened in subterfuge. Yeah. Uh, did it, you catch the uh, the title card when after the um after after the bit in 1641 they cut to like modern day, and the the the, the title card is in the not too distant future. Right. Yeah. The not too right. distant future. Uh-huh. I started singing the Mystery Science Theater 3000 theme immediately. <laughs> in the not too distant future. Uh, which this movie really needs to be on a Mystery Science Theater episode. Okay. Well, oh I, I, I want to go back to the opening scene because where they put the mask on the guy's head. Uh huh. He's not going to have any kids. He's dead. But he had <laughs> kids already. He, he, He's dead. <laughs> you put up a, like a, a metal, mask metal mask that just came out of the furnace on your face. Your eyeballs are going to boil and pop. <laughs> yes. You I, might be onto something there. I, 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 I agree with you there. I, I am going to stick to the point, though, that he already said, like in that scene, he's like, my children. He already has kids. It's just that, but I agree with you. That dude would be dead. Well, and they're going to go, they're going to go kill his family, too. I mean, he's an arms dealer. He's you know, you know why not? If yeah. He, if he makes that claim, he's like, my children will carry on this legacy of arms okay, dealing. Okay, we'll go deal with that here in a minute. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is the Dark Ages. Yeah. That's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are all we're, witches. We're Come with us. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so Joel, what were your initial yes. impressions of this film? Uh, so, yes, it seems very improbable. I know this is a PG-13 movie also. But damn, this feels like an R-rated movie. There's cursing. Oh, there are headshots galore. Yeah, so many heads exploding all yeah. over the place. And I, I and somebody tallied the the final body count on this movie, which seems low after watching it. But only 186 lives were lost in this movie. <laughs> that's kind of a lot for a GI Joe movie. That's that's the 186 they showed. I mean, look at all the cars that blew up. There could have been families of six in there. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh my god, the, the Eiffel cars. Tower crashing on the bridge. All those hundreds of people standing on the bridge when it crashed. But I mean, to be fair, Howie, the Eiffel Tower ended up getting eaten. No, the whole top part, half of it fell out on the it bridge. It didn't get eaten by the nanomites? Did they stop the nanomites? Yes. I don't Yeah, remember. they did right before. Uh-huh. I don't remember that collapsed. part. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Duke, Duke jumps into a moving airplane from a glass <laughs> well, structure. Right. Yes, he does. Well, running, <laughs> well, running on glass. Running on glass in a 2,000-pound metal suit. You know? I like to call that sequence the point break sequence, but yes. times like a million. <laughs> because you have everybody and their mother running after this Hummer. Uh-huh. You've got Snake Eyes who's running after it. These two guys in these acceleration suits running yep. after it. Scarlet on her motorcycles running after it. Meanwhile, Heavy Duty and Breaker are just like hanging out in their, their, They're ra- hanging their out rape the van. van. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just like I don't know where they are, I can't find them. I'm like, really, you can't find them? Follow the destruction, right. Jesus! You have a tracker on the unit that you're tracking. You know where they are, <laughs> and 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 also you're guiding the other team members with your map. You know where they are. <laughs> it's a good point. You, you, I will say. That even though improbable, and Howie, you were mentioning this when we were watching that chase scene again. You're like, oh, suddenly he's Spider-Man. Snake Eyes, I will give a pass to 
in every sequence in this movie. Fun. Every time Snake Eyes shows up, I become a seven-year-old again. That's, and I'm like, that, oh, yeah. Yeah, but the guys in the 1,500-pound metal suits become Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I mean, that's a problem. Yeah. I was, Joel, that's a good point. when they were in their acceleration suits, I was thinking of you because I thought any minute now, they're going to transform like Danny from the Transformers animated <laughs> film. <laughs> <laughs> dare, dare to be all you can <laughs> um, Did you guys notice all the holograms in this movie? Dude, I fucking love that sequence at the beginning with their little hologram phones. That's that's the future. The hologram, fo- but and, and, there's so many. There's so many holograms, yeah, it, and they're ref- that whole sequence. It becomes very Inception-y because it's like you don't know whose reality you're in. Somebody hangs up, and then you're like, "Oh, now we're in his reality." Yes, and then it goes into somebody else's. You're like, "Oh, he's actually on the phone." Part of I dug that that sequence. You dug that? See, I thought that you would hate that yeah. just because like their holograms were reflecting the ambient local light of wherever they were, <laughs> and that just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Well, this is no, the, yeah, the very near future, sure. so I'm sure that technology is right about <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it makes total sense. <laughs> you can't cast shadows. <laughs> Holograms <laughs> cannot cast shadows. <laughs> and they also can't sit in chairs, but that hasn't stopped other <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> far far superior films <laughs> like <laughs> The Winter Soldier. Oh, God. Um so they ha- they give him this case. I-, I don't know why I want to try to keep some semblance of like, okay, Let's we're going to go it. chronologically through it. But uh, I do want to hit on this. They have that case with the nanobites or the nanobots mm-hmm. or whatever. And the dude's mm-hmm. like, hey, be careful with this. He's like, wow, what's up? Is it going to, you know, Mar- Marlon Wayans, who somebody decided it's a good idea to put Marlon Wayans in a movie. Uh, uh. But, but they give him the case and he's like, what's wrong? You know, with it, with a blow. He's like, well, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying avoid speed bumps. Meanwhile, this case is like in a fucking firefight. The oh, car they're yes. in fucking gets turned over. Yes, uh, I know. Like, why are they firing on the vehicle? This is what they're they're trying to hijack these nanobites. Uh, okay, and they, them. yeah, and they don't know which vehicle it's in. So let's just blow all of them up. <laughs> but they know exactly. Yeah, there, there was a tracker. You need like a zero dark thirty like mission where you you go in uh, at night. Yeah, and sneak in. You don't just fucking blow everything up. Oh, Joel, that comes later. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, and I they have so many problems with that. <laughs> they they do that later, Joel, because America's freedom fighting force is based in Egypt <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> just outside of Egypt. Yeah, uh, actually, you uh, know what? That's a bigger problem I have with this movie, and not necessarily a problem, but I I am from America. Uh, yeah, this is GI Joe, a real American hero, and all of a sudden it's like the International House of Pancakes with this movie. <laughs> like we've we're, we're representing all nations, and I don't know. Did that? bump anybody else except for me no gi joe was like, like wanted... that in the show the characters were all like from it was like yeah. a, a melting pot a rainbow coalition if you will <laughs> i guess i don't know <laughs> did you let me ask you guys this did you watch well, the, the cartoon is a real yeah. american hero you watched the cartoon howie yeah joel, joel did you watch the cartoon as a kid i did watch the cartoon uh-huh it was always a double feature right after uh, transformers when i got home from school there you go fond memories so you don't you don't remember that they had like the american indian they had like the eskimo guy they had the they had roadblock uh they they had gung-ho who was a cajun character um that that's probably what brendan fraser was supposed to be maybe he was supposed to be I gung-ho so. um so so you don't remember them having like all these different like diverse backgrounds i do but they were but they were know. based in america yeah, that's the thing. And this, this yeah. they're like traveling to Paris. It's like I don't want to go to Paris. Well, no, that's fine. But but wars. but their their home base is in a cavernous system in the Sahara Desert. 
There's <laughs> no like underground caves in the Sahara. How, it's just, tell, tell them what we were talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> you go into the base, and the first 20 feet, 30 feet is a hangar bay. And then mm-hmm. the level below that is a freaking ocean where they <laughs> where they have it's got to be 40 feet deep because they're in there running like submarine practices and and underwater flight drills yeah. and then below yeah, that real, below the 14 on, quintillion quick, really you know, convenient that they have that uh, little pool there where they can do all that training because i'm sure that'll come in handy in the third act yes are you saying that the gi joe movie cheated in like showing their hand too early <laughs> <laughs> were you were you expecting some like unexpected kind of twists that they would hold something for the third act no, you're right. I was, I, uh, I my expectations were met, <laughs> well, not exceeded. Yeah, and then, then just you know, with like very little structural, you know, infrastructure. They, right below this 14 quintillion gallons of water is a training ground. Yeah. Where and then below that is command center. <laughs> right. Because because that's safe to put all that stuff underneath the water. Yeah. And then at one point when <laughs> when uh. They break in, and the Baroness kicks him over the edge of the elevator shaft. I looked down and thought, "How fucking how far down does this go?" go? <laughs> yes. Here, here's here's what I pointed out. I was like, "What kind of dicks are the GI Joe squad? That yeah. They have an ocean under the desert, and they're not like trying to give that water to like the locals." <laughs> <laughs> They had to have that shipped in. They had to pump that water in. Or is it un- from like running from an underground source? There's it's sand, dude. It's sand. It's just... Either way, it's quite unfair to the uh, the indigenous people. Yeah, well, the, and I said to Joe, they even show that guy out there walking with his camel, just all by himself. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, hey, buddy, you want to you want a bottle of water or something? Yeah, like, but, but you know what, Howie GI Joe is not the Peace Corps. They're not. They're not here to help the citizens. They're here to kick ass guys with their acceleration going, suits. Yeah, guys, they're going, I could just get a glass of water. Please, water. <laughs> Dude's dying out yeah. in the desert. And they're like, yeah, just land your plane. Yeah, just and land your plane. Oh, and by the way, did you bring your swimsuit? <laughs> <laughs> Water's in a balmy 75. <laughs> well, I'll, I'm going to say, like, the water physics in this movie, they never really hold true to anything in this movie. There's it, fire it, it underwater. There's fire, fire underwater. That's <laughs> how pointed this out. They're in the underground facility it, under the ice caps. It's got to be, they got to be pumping oxygen in. Yeah. And there's a dude who's ever on the side of the walls, like, with fire with a blowtorch. It's not even a blowtorch. It's just like a flame coming out. And he's just like. <laughs> Doing it on the wall, and he's in three or four different scenes, and I'm like, "What is that guy doing?" He's cooking the walls. It basically, yeah, <laughs> he's cooking the walls. He's burning I, the. I, I, oh, pardon <laughs> me. I got that impression too during our, our climax. You know, when we're in the big, uh, the big. I was going to call it a space battle because that's basically what it feels like, and they just replaced the space with water, uh-huh. but left the physics that the way they were. Yeah, okay, and ships are blowing up, and people are flying out of them, being projected. And there's one guy who like passes the camera, uh-huh. and uh, the, the sound guy had some fun with that because as he's flying back past, you kind of hear a little. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice this, Joel? I was that like, oh yeah, we're underwater. When the uh, when they're blowing up the facility, and there's like they, there's ice caverns and stuff. It's all sinking. Ice is sinking. Yeah, yeah nothing floats underwater. <laughs> yeah. No, especially ice. Yeah. Ice, ice floats, guys. No matter what you have in it, ice is still going to float. Oh, by the way, uh, Joe, do you know when we got the first knowing is half the battle? Uh, that was probably about seven minutes in. Sixteen minutes it was in. Early. Sixteen. Sixteen. I know it was early into the movie. I, I made note of it just because I was like, yeah, well, knowing is half the battle. Howie, they um they waste no time trying to shoehorn in 
every old G.I. Joe phrase yeah, in this but, movie. But, yep. the, but the Yo-Jo didn't occur until like 103 minutes in. The, the Yo-Jo didn't occur until late. Um... I was surprised that, like, they just threw, like, Marlon Wayans is talking about, like, oh, man, you got some real lifelike hair. Oh, watch the Kung Fu grip. Like, yeah. that's all within 10 seconds of each <laughs> right. other. Right. Yeah. doesn't even make sense. Yes. Um, guys, if you're in the military, if you enlist in the military, like, say that you're a Marine or you're in the Army or the Navy, um, is it, like, can you, if you decide you want to just switch jobs, you want to switch branches? Is it really that easy that you're just like... You, no, you're, I, you're in one branch. You have to get out of that branch and then enlist in another branch <laughs> or or some sort of you know upper-level transfer has uh-huh. to happen. You just can't go, man, I'm in the Marines. I want to be in the Air Force. I want, in. <laughs> I want to be in the Air Force. He's like, I'm, I, I put in my application. Application for, for what? You're in the Army. Yeah. You can't just like, uh, later, guys. Yeah. This yeah, isn't not fun. Not since Will Smith in Independence Day was trying to get be become an astronaut in NASA. Was there something as unrealistic as a, as that? Speaking of which, Joel, I know this is probably exciting for you. Did you see the picture of uh, Jeff Goldblum on the set of ID Four Two? I did. I did. Yeah. What What are your thoughts about this? Uh, this is a movie that doesn't need to be made, but I'm a little sad that, like, of all of all the the cast members that were in the first Independence Day or ID Four, let's call it ID Four because this will be ID Five, right? That just makes sense. Uh, <laughs> I figured Gold, Gold we're just going to have to go back and like, try to find IDs one through three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the prequels. Uh, I was hoping that Jeff Goldblum would be the one holdout and be like, no, no, I'm, I, I will do Jurassic Park five, but not this. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. What? Maybe he can Maybe he can make it better. Maybe how, you see something in it that we don't see yet. Let me ask you this. How, um, mm. how could this movie play where you would be happy with it? Uh, are we talking about ID five? No, no, no. Yeah, we're talking about ID five. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Uh, we take the battle to the aliens. <laughs> it's just taken. I it's taken. I don't think there's any It's way. taken 25 years for that to happen. <laughs> I don't understand because I mean, maybe if if it's like a ground war, it's like a civil war now, where all the aliens that didn't die on the ships that that uh, you know were grounded, uh, now we have to take them out one by one. Uh-huh. And maybe they've they've gone underground and they've been rebuilding all these years. So yeah, it's uh, unbeknownst to falling us, skies. Uh, it's <laughs> the revenge of the aliens. It's falling skies. Yeah, yeah. there That's you go. Exactly there what you it go. is. Uh, okay, getting back to GI Joe, we spend a lot of time after Duke and Ripcord are saved by the GI Joe team, uh, which you know it's it's awesome and convenient that the woman who's leading the battle to try to get the case happens to be Duke's ex girlfriend. <laughs> which is so weird. So weird that they gave them a relationship. In the comics and in the in the TV show, Duke and the Baroness had no relation whatsoever. Yeah, they whatsoever. wanted to kill each other. Yeah, they, they were just enemies. But they, like, connected everybody in this movie. Uh, but they're, they're saved by the G.I. Joe team. They have their little hologram conference call with Hawk, uh, played by Dennis Quaid. And then, like, they're hanging out in the G.I. Joe base for, like, a week, two weeks, don't these guys have like a superior officer they need to be reporting to? Like, it, <laughs> no, at, it's Hawk. At, is like, are they transferred? Like, because this is before they're accepted into the GI Joe team. Yeah, they're like still in this facility, and there's never like a, hey, we should call the captain and let him know that we're still alive. Well, they kind of sort of did when it, you know that the the case then got transferred over to the Joes, and now they're responsible for it. So they let the guy know that they got the case from that the Joes now have the case. Uh huh. So that's kind of sort of reporting in. So, okay, so when does their superior officer say, okay, cool, uh, mission accomplished, get your ass on a transport and get back over to base? Well, then Hawks, you know, said he wanted interest in him, so he's going to let him hang out and chill. Maybe he got vacation. 
<laughs> you're 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 giving them a lot of leeway for someone who's sticking to Joel's side of like I don't like this movie. You're making a lot of excuses for it. I just noticed your shirt too, by the way. I love that. Oh, uh, what's he wearing? He's wearing a. Uh, uh, it's got the bat symbol on it, and it says, "I can't keep calm because I'm Batman." <laughs> a little take on the keep calm and and chive on. Carry on. Uh, carry on. Yeah. Uh, okay, so no, that bothered me. That bothered me that there was never anybody who it's was in like the director's cut. You guys, <laughs> the director's <laughs> cut. You guys. Oh my need god! To get... Isn't this the director's cut that we've already watched? It's like over two hours long. It is so long, guys. I didn't remember that this movie was so long. It... Joel in an email that he was like, "This movie's two fucking hours." Yep. <laughs> and he doesn't use bad language in his emails often. That's right. Joel. Uh, give me some more thoughts that you have on this movie because I I've got sure. a bunch of notes uh, on this and I want to make sure that like we're not cutting you off mid thought here. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, this is this must be what it feels like, right, to be on the other the other <laughs> side of the conversation with me. Um, wow, that's I, uncomfortable. Okay, so sticking with my theme of this movie's two hour long, I thought that I thought we were near the end, like about halfway through when we get to that. There's a huge action scene. Uh, I thought it was the climax, and then I looked at the time. I'm like. Holy shit! That's only fifty-eight minutes in. There's still half of. A, I wasn't even at the halfway point yet, uh-huh. and I was already ready for this movie to be over. Oh, so you, Although I do have to admit, go ahead. You thought the sequence in Paris was the end? Uh, well, no. <laughs> and here's another problem I have. Okay, <laughs> I understand that when you're marketing a film, especially a big, you know, summer blockbuster movie like this, you want to show that you're going to have some some. Some uh, mind-bending special effects. You got to get the asses in the seats. Oof. But y- if you show the Eiffel Tower being destroyed, and then you have an entire sequence in the movie around them trying to save trying the Eiffel to Tower, save it. yeah, it's like uh... we already know what's going to happen unless there's some sort of time travel, alternate universe stuff going on. Which you know, with a movie like this, I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> that's, but that's they, the third they totally one. sucked any tension out of that 15-minute sequence because we know how it's going to end. Yeah, it if was in, in every this trailer. Movie yep. watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like when they the guy dying at the beginning, and they go and thirty six hours earlier. It's like he just why even watch now? <laughs> right. Well, this whole action scene I don't care about because I know they're going to take out the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. You know? What about what did you think, yeah. Joel? I know you're a big fan of uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, and uh, and he's he's in this flick. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> because I saw Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a couple of scenes and yeah. then I saw some guy limping around doing a, a horrible cartoon voice but, um, <laughs> with, with face makeup on and, and a mask obscuring most that's, of his face that's fa- JGL because he pulls it down at one point yeah could, it, no it could is they got him for that one shot but <laughs> yeah I don't know if if I'm gonna. I, I didn't feel like I got my money's worth out of uh, Jogo Lev in yeah. this movie. Like I want to see a Jogo Lev movie. I want to see Jogo. You Lev. want you want Don John. That's yeah. Now you're talking. There you go. I want, there a, you go. want a buffed up beefcake. <laughs> when they finally get the case into GI Joe headquarters, and and Destro gets them to turn the tracker back on. Uh huh. Mm. How do they know exactly where to break in that nobody's going to notice them? I don't know. I, I'm wondering how they know where to break in that they don't fall into the the underground ocean. Yeah, that they're <laughs> that they're just exactly sixty feet under. Because if they went fifty five, they're going to poke in the bottom of the ocean. Right. You know. And and they 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 dug into the base at just the right place to take out the the guard. Yeah. And and then they get all the way up to Hawk's office before they have to before they kill the secretary. Uh huh. And then slice Hawk. Yeah. You know, I mean they. It's like they knew the base. Um, what? There's an inside man. <laughs> there ended eyes. up being yeah snake. No, <laughs> you watch. You watch your fucking mouth. Uh, 
So the um, the reason he doesn't talk is because he's always keeping information. There's even a moment uh, that they they say like, oh, we've got some seismic activity, or they say something uh-huh. along those lines, and they're like, eh, it's probably nothing. Well, what, like since obviously your whole place is buried, seismic like radar or seismic uh, yeah c- control sensors yeah sensors those should be your primary thing like right it's a big cam- deal. your camera up on top top side th- it's on just that a poor, dude that with a poor camel. camel getting x rayed not even knowing it dude I mean <laughs> <laughs> you're right fuck the NSA <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's gonna get cancer as many times as they x rayed him <laughs> they keep x raying the camel. <laughs> so, so, but you would think like these things are huge. They're huge drill, like from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, cartoon. These huge, just like underground driller cars. Yeah, and like they 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 bust into the base, and no one was like, "Hey, we've got a breach, or we've got some real like heavy seismic activity." Those things aren't gonna. You can't get dampeners on something like that, right? Where, where was? No, why do you have a noticed. dude walking the fucking catwalk <laughs> on an underground base? He's walking a catwalk to guard it, but you don't have sensors that are like, no, we got something coming, yeah. guys. They came in right behind the training area where nobody would notice them. Yeah, they. I mean, they. The, the, she pulled the little thing up, and the 3D scan showed the whole base. I was like, how do you have plans for the base? <laughs> right. You've never been here before. Yeah. Unless when he made them... See, now I'm doing what you do. Unless when he made them reactivate the code or the sensor, it sent off like a, 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 a sonar ultrasonic, beacon. ultrasonic... <laughs> it yeah. gave them Daredevil Pulse. sight of uh-huh. like the whole base. No, yeah, I don't no. think that happened. No. No, I don't know. Everything in this movie happens because of convenience and because of necessity to move on to the next portion that somebody wrote. Right. Like, that's it. <laughs> somebody wrote something and was like, how do I connect these two? Ah, fuck it. We'll figure it out in the editing, which they don't, because if this movie does have a weak, why am I'm beating up on this? And I like this movie, uh, but the weakest part of this film for me, in my estimation, the weakest thing about this movie is the fucking editing from from top to bottom and also just the sequence for which we tell this movie. There is no reason this movie could not be told in just chronological order. Right. And it might actually be a little bit more interesting. Take out that 1641 shit. Start yeah. the movie with yes. Young Snake Eyes and Young Storm Shadow. Oh, by the way, Young mm-hmm. Storm Shadow is a psychotic little shit. Yes, he is. <laughs> that scene, that, that fight scene between the two of them, yeah. best fight in the movie. Yeah. I mean, he finds the kid eating rice. <laughs> Decides he's gonna beat him he's to death. Gonna kill him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he had a handful of rice, dude. Come on. Imagine if he actually you know, grabbed something valuable. Yeah. Actually, Joe, for me, that is the weakest part of the film for me. The whole storm shadow snake eyes. Uh, I I agree. Actually, I couldn't give two fucks about either of those characters or what they do or who won or whatever. That, that for me, that was TLDR. Okay, yeah. so you y- could have. I didn't need any backstory between either of those characters. No, and and, and the backstory made no sense. You have a bully, and the guy getting picked on, mm-hmm. and yeah. his whole life this kid's bullying him, uh-huh. and then finally kills his master. You don't love that guy. You have. You want to kill that guy. Yeah, you know, I mean, the the fact that he showed any remorse at the end after he throws him or stabs him in the chest and throws him into the ice, he right. had that moment of you, you know, remorse, and it's like, dude, you hated that little shit. Yeah, <laughs> but is that it, is that is that is kind of a statement too that the most uh, emoting we get from a character in this movie is somebody whose face is obscured. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Channing Tatum looks like he's had Botox. 
before shooting every scene. He, he does. He's he's very he's 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 very stoic in this movie. That's, no. that's one way to say it. Another way would be uh, he's he's doing what I'm doing right now, <laughs> phoning it in. Uh, so no, I I disagree with you guys from this aspect. The fact that Snake Eyes is the Wolverine of GI Joe. He's the character that most of the fans are going to want to get some of that fan servicey attention. Right. Yeah. So you need to give a little bit of that origin backstory, even though you don't pay it off later in the movie, because that's hard to do with a character that doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. But you need to give that that story. And honestly, I feel like had they done it in chronological order, where you just got that that backstory early on, and then you moved on to the movie, and then you, suddenly you go from Storm Shadow and, and Snake Eyes, and then you fa- flash forward to you know Duke at the party, and he 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 proposes to his girlfriend and like if you got everything in this movie in chronological order I think it might actually play better than it does it might yeah but still I don't that relationship between uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow just it it was didn't need to be there yeah. or, or or Storm Shadow at some point needed to warm up to him uh-huh. to, to because it's almost like they're, they're brothers uh-huh. you know and you get that Snake Eyes feels that way about Storm Shadow. He's my brother. But you're not given any of that information but you're not, on the you, screen. No, all you're, you're seeing right. is Storm Shadow kick the shit out of him every time, you know, <laughs> except for that one last scene uh-huh. where, you know, Hardmaster, you know, gives him the, okay, you know, good job. Yeah. No, you you know what? I, I'll, I'll agree with you on your point there. Uh, th- they could have saved the, the, the Storm Shadow Snake Eyes stuff. For the fans, like for diehard G.I. Joe fans, hey, you want a director's cut? We got more stuff with Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes. I still stand by the fact that, like, if you cut this thing in chrono- chronological order, it would play better. It probably Just would. because you d- you keep you keep interrupting what's going on in the story by going, like, four years earlier, present right. day. Four years earlier. Pre- you cannot keep flashing back and forth in a movie. That should just be a straightforward action movie. Right. Unless you're going to just keep that four years earlier on the screen the entire time. And then, <laughs> right. <Yeah. so. laughs> That, or, or that, shoot it in black and white so we know it's a memory. Something, yeah, you know, yeah. to set it apart. But yeah, you're right. That jumping back and forth it's, made it just weird. It, I I feel like you you set up, which it's tough to do in this movie. You know, you've you've got these relationships between these characters, and I will say, like, I like Channing Tatum. This is definitely not one of his better films. Uh, no. His he, he has grown as an actor since GI Joe. Uh, in fact, his performance in the second GI Joe movie for like the ten minutes he's in it is far superior to how it is in this the movie. entire performance. The, of the, the first entire one. performance in the first one. <laughs> uh, I, I think the the relationship they try to set up between him and Anna, who becomes the Baroness. I think that we would have become more invested in that had that been our first experience with Anna. Right. We'd have been like rooting for them to get well, together again, at the back end. to chronological order. Yeah. We would have seen that brother dies, you know, and then she loses her shit and brother turns evil and, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, but Howie, the movie's already predictable. Yes. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think you and I were saying this like, yeah, uh, yeah we totally knew that was going to be her brother uh-huh. at the end. You know, this this isn't yeah. a surprise. So you may as well just go straight forward and try to at least tell a more cohesive, predictable story instead of convoluted and cut all around the place. Uh, I don't I can't tell because Stephen Summers makes fun, campy movies. But there's something about yeah. this movie like maybe Hasbro had their hands too much in it that like you might be right. the, the fun was just gone. Like. I have fun it with was, it, but from a general sense, I can see, I can see where people do not like this movie. Right. 
I mean, it, it was trying too much to be more like the Transformers movie, where it was a little more serious and dark. When yeah, you're right, it should have been more like Speed Racer. Yes. Yeah. Well, and they, they couldn't even it. stick to their own canon. I mean, in the one scene where the um, uh, where they had the soldiers get bitten by the, the I saw snake. plenty of cannons, Howie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, hang on, I'm looking at my notes here because I haven't looked this up. Real they quick. call them just pulse cannons, a sonar cannon. That was yeah. pretty cool. They did have some some great looking uh, uh, weapons. Yeah, but their weapons their weapons break physics. <laughs> <laughs> the the concussive blast guns. Yeah, like whenever yeah. Baroness shoots her guns, she should be thrown back like yes, a million miles. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's a light beam that's concussive. Okay, that's got to be propelled out of there somehow. somehow. <laughs> you know, Newton's laws of motion for every action or decolops reaction. Ninety, or, you know. 90 pound chick is like <laughs> yeah. Thro- just yeah, just pink, pink. Well, that and and the in the even in the fight scene, the the first one where they're they're coming in to get the case. Their soldiers are immune to concussive blasts. I mean, a rocket goes off right between two of them, and they just keep walking. But then Scarlet jumps out and shoots them with her little crossbow, and they fall over. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's the power of arrows. Yeah. You should watch the CW. <laughs> yeah. Well, and <laughs> but the, they're talking about these characters have no fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, uh, what is his name? Oh, yeah. Uh, when Heavy Duty stabs the guy with a knife in the neck that's got a grenade taped to it, uh-huh. the guy starts freaking out. <laughs> the guy's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I got a knife in my neck with a grenade. Dude, you're supposed to have no fear. Maybe his nanobites were wearing off like the Baronesses do. Yeah. Because uh-huh. the Baroness starts, like, feeling for Duke when he's getting his ass beat. She's like, oh, no. Uh, yeah. And I was asking you, I was like, did I miss something? Did, like... Did she forget to get her dose for the day or something? Uh, it could be, yeah. She's <laughs> Someone's getting... not taking their pills. <laughs> how, how awesome is it, guys, that like when national security is threatened, that there are like <laughs> military guys who are going to blackmail like a, a, a fucking military group. They're going to blackmail them so they can be on the team before they give them any information to stop this terrorist organization. Right. Like Duke. Duke's like, well, I've got, I know who she is. I'll tell you, but you've got to let us on the team. I'm like, motherfucker, you should get tr- you should hang <laughs> for that. Yeah. You should get court martialed and hanged for that. Yeah, and Ripcord leans over and is like, dude. <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, he's like, quiet, keep that on the DL. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's like, hey, isn't that shh? Just keep it on the DL, Ripcord. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. This and then, is- and then 30 seconds later, he's like, yeah, I know she is, but you got to let me on the team. Dude, you're going to Guantanamo. I yeah. mean, that's where you're going. We're putting you in a hole until you tell us. When when is when does this movie take place? Is it modern the time? Not too distant. The not future. too di- <laughs> But the not in the not too yeah, distant I thought, future. I we addressed this already. <laughs> in the not too distant future, like they they did the flashback to Duke and Anna, and they're like swing dancing. Like I feel like, <laughs> dude, we, I feel like there wasn't a, an idea like of where this movie was when this movie was supposed to take place. Like they're trying to they're trying to like play off of your idea of what a, like a military well, man obviously and in his the future should now be. because they have a particle accelerator in France, which they don't have right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> which was, as far as I'm concerned, the most <laughs> authentic use of the particle accelerator <laughs> device in a movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We're going to weaponize these things using a particle accelerator. Dude, they're already missiles. What are you They're already nanomites. Here's my question, if they weren't if they weren't weaponized, did Duke and Ripcord have to worry about them when they were transporting them at the beginning? No. 
That's a good point. <laughs> so what no, the fuck right, was the problem? Right now it's just some green goo. Yeah. It, but yeah. how do you weaponize it with a particle accelerator? Because I literally have in my notes, that's not how a particle accelerator works at all. Well, how, <laughs> how, how does a particle accelerator work? Well, they take small subatomic particles uh-huh. in a big ring that's surrounded by electromagnets, and they speed up these particles faster and faster and faster in a circle and then collide them against other particles and break them in down into smaller and smaller subatomic particles. That's uh-huh. why we have the Bose and Higgs particle where quarks and quasars, come, uh, not quasars, quarks, and uh, uh, all these other small subatomic I elements love it come from. from Star Trek. Yeah. It's my favorite <laughs> Ferengi. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what you're saying is uh, that's exactly what they did in this movie. No. <laughs> they sh- <laughs> but Howie, when you accelerate particles, do they shine brightly? Like a diamond, you don't even see them. <laughs> you, don't, you don't even see them. It, the the reaction is so tiny. They, you don't see it. It's not gonna like like me so and it's, light up the room. It's not gonna. And then be. they're gonna pull the green goo out, and it's gonna be all electrified it's, and it sparky. It, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so let me ask you this: If you actually had a bunch of nanobots in a, a warhead and you accelerated the particles, what would you do to it? You'd probably just, like, a microwave and burn them all up. <laughs> burn them all up. Okay, yeah. that's good to know. That, that's, that's excellent to know. Um, all right, what else? What other notes do I have for this movie? Uh, okay, Des- uh, not Destro, Zartan. Throughout this whole movie, Zartan's the Arnold Vosselu. He was the mummy in the uh, Stephen Summers mummy movies. He ends up playing Zartan, who's the master of disguise, who's constantly whistling for he's a jolly good fellow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you looked anything up on this movie, Joel, and I'm kind of hoping you did because I didn't. Uh, I'm curious if he was whistling that because they couldn't get the rights to hail to the chief. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, uh, well, I mean, they're they're both uh, historically um, re- relevant songs in American history, and so I, I think there was some foreshadowing going on there. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, at the beginning, we see him reading a book about the Bill of Rights, uh-huh. uh, also foreshadowing the, uh, the fact that he's going to – okay – Maybe you can shed a little light on this, so spoiler alert. Well, we're going to have to get my particle accelerator, so that way I can shed some. Well, wait. I I think I know where you're going, Joel. His whole plan was fucked up. There was no way. His whole plan relied on G.I. Joe stopping the missiles. Zartran's whole plan relied on G.I. Joe stopping the missiles. Is that where you were going, Joel? Uh, no, I wasn't thinking oh. too deeply into the script. As as <laughs> Neither were the writers. Well, his whole plan, right? Yeah, his whole plan was to yeah to to, to take over the the presidency and become a uh, a uh, what do they call that a, a mole basically at the yes. highest level. Okay, um, so he does. But yeah, it, it it runs counter to the rest of the plot that's going on in this movie. And I see what you're saying. If they didn't stop the missiles, he would have been in the White House when it was destroyed, uh-huh. although in the bunker. Yeah, but the, they weren't going to stop the nanomites. They were just going to eat all the metal down, all the rebar. That was going to collapse on itself and kill him six stories underground. Yeah. Definitely explain the odds. Yeah. What was the point of that? I don't know. You've seen the sequel. Do they come back to it? Oh, yeah. No, they, they do come back okay. to it. But, the, I mean, that like Howie said, like that is a hell of a Hail Mary pass yeah, that right. you are throwing to be like, well, we're counting on the Joes to actually stop it. In fact, we're planning on failing and getting thrown into some weird, like, frozen prison. Just so uh, we can get somebody in the presidency. So we can get somebody in the presidency, and then we could do other shit in a better movie. Uh, yeah. that, people who buy that storyline are the same type of people who uh, believe that we were behind the 9-11 attacks. Yeah. Like, everything would have had to have gone we weren't? perfectly. No. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> wow, I didn't even think about that. Uh, you know what? I still like this movie. I'm just, but his whole. He, I'm waiting for you to defend it at some point, Joe. Like I said, this is my defense. The movie is a live action episode of the cartoon. That's, I mean, plain and simple. You look at any of the other episodes of the cartoon, and it, all the plots are just as outlandish and and just as like uh, Saturday morning cereal. It, it's it's loopy, it, and it, I mean, dude, there's a major GI Joe storyline in the, in the cartoons that involve them having a weather control device, mm-hmm. where they end up blowing it up, and it gets separated into three different places, and it's this like. All of these different, like, really uh, delicate pieces of equipment that they have to get back together so they can create the weather device again. And these guys, at one point, they go to, like, the the polar ice caps and they play hockey with one of the pieces of the device to try to get it. The worst thing is Cobra retrieves all of the pieces of the weather dominator. And G.I. Joe in, like, the final episode leading up to the climax is like, oh, well, we've created our own. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why did we go through like three episodes of them trying to recover all these pieces if you made your own device? That's what I was expecting from this movie. I wasn't expecting anything huge. I wasn't expecting anything brilliant. However, just from a film fan standpoint, if I'm going to try to separate myself from it, you get some of the uh, the, the criticisms that I've laid down here. But I enjoy it. I think that it's a fun popcorn cheesy popcorn kind of movie that i can enjoy for two hours yeah because there were some moments i i just thought what were they th- what were they thinking like let's have a sword fight in a lightning room yes <laughs> yes <laughs> you know well yeah and that whole sequence seemed eerily uh reminiscent of uh the last scene of uh what was it uh star wars episode one phantom menace and also that's ray park by the way that is ray park yeah, it is. Yeah. All himself playing the part of uh of, is it snake eyes yeah snake yeah. Eyes, yeah yeah i always get the two of them confused um, but but or, yeah, it, it looked just like that same reactor room. Yeah, mm-hmm. or or she's out of ammo on an energy weapon. <laughs> yes, in a ship that <laughs> the is, batteries are dead. It, well, no, the <laughs> ship is, is it, the weapon is part of the underwater ship. Ah, uh, well, she's out of energy ammo, but maybe, the ship's still moving. Maybe the circuit got fried that that fed no, no, to the weapon. No, she said she's out of ammo. Oh God damn it! I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't help you, GI Joe. <laughs> Wait, or or my, my the biggest flaw I found was when Ripcord goes after the missiles. One's going to Moscow. <laughs> yes. and they, they pulled oh, right. a Superman from the Wait, original Superman movie. One's going to Washington D.C. Uh huh. So he goes and takes out the one in Moscow. Uh huh. And yeah, the, and am I the only one, by the way? Sorry to interrupt. But I'm the only one, by the way, who raises their hand when he decided to do that one first. Be like, man, fuck Russia. <laughs> we'll <do the> DC <laughs> one first, and then if we have time, yeah. So aren't they supposed to be real American heroes? Yeah, yeah. I, right. <laughs> Joel, going back to the point, <laughs> aren't they on our payroll? Yeah. USA, USA. <laughs> so, so the next scene is he blows up the the missile headed towards Russia. The next scene is them escorting the president underground, and it says 13 minutes left to go before the missile strikes. Uh. How far do you think it is between Moscow and Washington D.C.? Because I I know right. it's it's pretty far, forty eight hundred and fifty seven miles. Now, how fast did his his plane go? Mach six. Mach six. That's only forty five hundred and sixty seven <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs> Which means it would take him over an hour <laughs> to, to get gotten, from Moscow to not even to make it to the missile. <laughs> you know, I did the math. He has to go twenty eight thousand miles an hour. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> in in to to break the Earth's atmosphere, the gravitational pull is only seventeen thousand. <laughs> I mean, he's having to go twenty eight thousand miles an hour. And I have two words for this movie: inertial dampness. <laughs> they, they, they have they have had to d- develop some hella good inertial dampeners because they pull some stuff in this that you would be a puddle of goo in <laughs> yes. the cockpit. <laughs> Jeff, I hope these mics weren't too expensive because Howie's about to drop his. <laughs> he, just, he just dropped the mic on this. Uh, it was Sorry. a figure of speech. You're not actually going to drop oh, the mic. Uh, uh, <laughs> Both Jeff and Howie start looking at the mic like, what? What's going on? What? Sorry. <laughs> That's pretty good, man. I don't have anything that's going to top that. That you did the fucking math. I did the math. Uh, does anybody have anything else on this movie? It, and by the way, we only I, have oh, oh, we, ahead, we only have one vehicle that goes Mach six, and it's unmanned for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's you know what? what but Ripcord is able to like he's able to, to pull the most out of these guys. It's a fucking movie based on a cartoon. It's based yeah, on a when comic he book. Says I'm going to go from Moscow to DC in in under ten minutes, and I went. <laughs> I got to Google that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe what if he broke Atmo and like came back down? It's still he's got to do twenty eight thousand miles an hour to cover that. Distance. But isn't that easier to do in space? We don't have anything that travels twenty eight thousand miles an hour. Maybe he does. It's and and Cobra to get to twenty eight thousand miles an hour in in less than five minutes because you're going to spend half the time accelerating <laughs> and the other half decelerating. He's a pile. His his stomach literally just like slipped right out his asshole. Oh I mean, my God. <laughs> I mean, it just there's. By the way, and, and by uh, the that's, way how, that's what I felt like over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't even have a pressure suit on. No, he didn't need it. He's a weigh-ins. They're like cockroaches. Yeah, but then when he fought, when, <laughs> and I don't I don't know how many G's he was pulling when he went skimming across the Potomac, but he went straight down after that rocket. And of course, the rocket made a ninety degree turn right at the you know water's edge. Yeah, and so did he. Yeah, You're he's right. in his shoes. You're right. This is a fantastic <laughs> movie. <laughs> I, I like this movie. No, Joe, I, Joe, I'm with you. I'm all about a fun, like, comic book, you know, pop movie. But I felt like it was riding the line between taking itself too seriously, but then having all these fantastical elements in it, where I just wanted it to go whole hog and, and have some fun with it. Take, um, wait, taking itself too seriously, do you remember the scene where after the G.I. Joe base gets, like, obliterated and, and Scarlet's at the mirror and she's trying to clean herself off? She's Like, people have died. People that they know and work with and have relationships with have just died. And Marlon Wayans shows up and he's like, hey, man, you got to give yourself, you know, some credit. You did good. Da, 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 da. I mean, it can't be quantified or <laughs> like well, he, that, he totally yeah. makes a joke and then smiles and laughs at her and then walks away That's like it's the end of an A-team episode. Well, she's crying and she had just made the whole big speech not two minutes earlier in the movie about, you know, if I can't quantify it, it's not real. So emotions aren't real. Then why are you crying? <laughs> why are you now yeah. crying? What I'm saying and is, and Marlon Wayans is trying to get laid. What I'm yeah. saying is, Marlon Wayans' character, like either the director or Marlon Wayans himself, should have figured out a different way to play that dialogue. They should have delivered that a little bit differently, maybe a little bit more sincere, with a little bit of a wink. You know, not like doing funny like Richard Nixon voice. <laughs> That's probably not yeah. appropriate for that moment. Is all intensive. I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I've got honestly, guys. I've got nothing else on this. I think I. Um, wow. I might have. Well, because I. I'm not. I'm not too hyper. No, I I've, been, I've been pretty critical. Notes. Oh, um, I do have this note. <laughs> I do have this. I do want to mention this. Destro. There's a scene where Destro tells the Baroness and Storm Shadow like the story of the Iron Mask that he has. Mm-hmm. 
why in the fuck are you going to show us what it is at the beginning of the movie and then have a scene where he explains what it is yet again? <laughs> take out that 1641 thing. In fact, that I've always felt that they needed to take that part out of that movie anyway. Well, yeah, but can you also imagine the scene, the, the confusion in the theaters when that came out and everybody's sitting there going, yeah, yeah, movie. What the hell? 1641. <laughs> no, they could take that out and just keep that scene in where Destro's like, this mask belonged to my great, 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 great grandfather. And right. this, his name was Destro. They called him Destro the Destroyer. And, you know, that, that would have been perfect. That's enough. We don't need to see where you know this all was? came from. That was them reminding the audience of what they saw nearly two hours ago. Right. Because it's been that fucking long. So fucking interminable. Let me ask you this. Uh, what I know I asked you guys if you had thoughts, and now I'm fucking hijacking it. Uh, but I do want to ask this before you go on to, to your next point. Joel, Howie, what did you prefer more? Did you prefer this, this G.I. Joe movie, or do you prefer the Transformers films? Hmm. Uh, is, okay, so you're grouping the Transformers films as a whole because I like part one and part three. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the, that, It's Joel. the opposite of the Star Trek movies. Okay. The odd number ones are good. Gotcha. Oh, well, which one was the... Uh... Which one was the one with Mark Wahlberg that just came out? That's part four. Oh, is that, yeah. is that four? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay, yeah, because that one's horrible. So, it's fucking atrocious. So, okay, putting Transformers versus G.I. Joe, just the, the first movies, you would say Trans huh. Transformers is a better film than this? I think so, just yeah. tonally it felt like it was it was, it was was uh, more cohesive, coherent. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, and this one, you know, like you said, so it was John, kind of John Turturro then... in his underwear... And 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 like dogs humping each other. No, yeah, I forgot I, about that part. I just want to remind you some of the Michael Bay tropes that we find in his films. That's true. Don't even get me started on fire underwater <laughs> with this film. But we've you know, already, you know, in in the words of that movie, "Thank you for smoking." That's something that's easily re remedied with, like, "Hey, thank God we created that thing that lets yeah. us." Light fire underwater. Yeah, in the explosions, there was flames. That's not how things. There's ex oxygen in water. It, the, with those pressures, it would go boop, and it would <laughs> that would be it. I'm just saying it could. And and could and when they were in the uh, um, in the control room and the window broke, it's not going to come in like that. It's literally going to immediately fill the entire space, and and you're done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You don't have a chance to run from. Yeah. It. You're not going to have a chance to run, and it's it's just you know. Did you did you ever consider that maybe they slowed it down for for the viewer? Like Matrix no. style bullet it. time. That was actually them <laughs> slowing it down and 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 stuff. I didn't see them wearing the exosuit, so I don't. I feel like <laughs> I, I I like it, and I'm going to stand by it. Give me give me what else you have on this movie. Maybe uh, maybe my illness as I was watching this movie uh, colored my my reaction a little bit to it. This is probably not a movie to watch uh, when you've been vomiting and have explosive diarrhea because uh, it hurt. It hurt my eyes. It hurt my brain to watch this movie uh -huh. uh, in that state. So maybe I'll have to give it... You know what? I'll give the second one uh, a shot. Give the second one a shot. I, I will tell you, the second, one, the second one is a far better film. Well, it's got the rocket. It's well, got to be, right? That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. Je Johnson. Jeff and I just saw San Andreas, <laughs> and that movie was a pile... 
Uh, I was going to see that this weekend, man. Thanks. Oh, it's ruined it for dude, me. Dude, for someone who likes to pick apart like, the reality of <laughs> I, shit, I am San Andreas, you would fuck, your head would explode watching that movie. <laughs> I have no intention of watching that. <laughs> <laughs> Howie, there's a point in this movie where like The Rock, who's flying an, an emergency helicopter on his own, yeah. he, he kicks it into like hover mode because buildings are falling down. <laughs> buildings are falling down all around him because there's like a 9.1 quake going on at the time, and he's He's trying to rescue Carla Gugino from like the top of a building, from a roof of a building. Uh huh. And like he just puts it in hover mode while things are falling apart and like there's updraft <laughs> and shit. And it just hovers steady. <laughs> and he's and he just kind of puts it on autopilot and sends like the rig down to try to get her. Wow. <laughs> that point just alone. I was even I was sitting <laughs> in the theater going, how he would fucking lose his mind if he saw this. There's no way. I would get up and demand my money back. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Really? However, Jeff had a, a, the perfect solution to try to fix that movie, and I can't believe I'm saying it uh, because I didn't like the original, but he was like, if this ended up actually being a Tremors film, we found out it was a huge graboid, that, that, that would be awesome. <laughs> and I agreed with him. I was like, yes, I, I am on board for that, if that's what they wanted to do. Or it's the sequel to Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> right? Or Pacific Rim. I was going to say Pacific oh, yeah. Rim. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're already they're, over there on that side. They're coming out with a second one of those, too. I can't wait. That's gonna that be was good. so fun. Uh, for Godzilla or Pacific Rim? Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. It was such yes, a fun okay. movie, just like this G.I. Joe film. <laughs> sure. What other notes uh -huh. do you have, Howie? <laughs> uh, I did appreciate the, uh, the scene where... Uh, like 120 cars were destroyed. <laughs> the, the Blues Brothers must have been jealous <laughs> yes. of that scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. Steven Sommers likes cars in the air. I mean, it, they were just too many. There's more, more cars in the air per capita than any other film in 2009. I would, <laughs> we got to step our game up. <laughs> I, I, I would agree with you on that one. <laughs> what do you have, bud? I well, see your the, notepad out. Oh, no. I would just... Um, uh, Steven Sommers also did a, a movie. I don't know if you've seen it. Odd Thomas. No. Yeah, stars uh, Anton Yelchin. Okay. Who's uh, Chekhov. Yeah, he's from, Chekhov. Yeah, he was really. Kyle Reese in that fourth Terminator movie. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I just in the research I was doing, I was like, oh, I didn't know he did Odd Thomas. That's a little under-the-radar ra uh, flick that came out, and if you get a chance, check it out. Okay. All yeah, right. also uh, another unsung uh, film of his, uh, Van Helsing. It's a little indie film. Came out <laughs> <a few laughs> check it out. Sometimes they play it on IFC. Are, are you saying you liked Van Helsing? Oh, I fucking hate that. Oh, okay. Awful. I was like, Jesus, Joel. Like, even even I have problems. Like, I'm like, I can't, I cannot go down that road with you, sir. Van Helsing, Van Helsing was rough. Uh, all right. So, I guess if oh if you... oh one more thing, uh, Joe, I thought of you about halfway through this. And movie then you took when... off your pants. That's right. Slowly. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I did not sign not up for this. Up. I, uh... No, there's a scene where where Dennis Quaid, Hawk, uh, has a. Uh, has a uh, Street Fighter Jean Claude Van Damme moment. Yes. Where he has the the troopers. We've yes. been given new orders. He has one of those uh -huh. speeches. Like, I can't I ask you to you. stay with me when I do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not quite as good as Van Damme. No. I must say. S said no one ever. <laughs> said me right now. <laughs> Van Damme had a, had such a, a better a better monologue here. Um I'm I'm bearing the lead as far as my notes go, just because I'm saving the best for last, because we haven't really touched much on uh, Sienna Miller. Oh, my God. She, for me, made this movie. She was the most enjoyable part of it for me. She uh, looks stunning. She looks amazing. She looks like she's having fun, and I, I feel like of all the actors, she's the one who kind of captured the tone that this movie was going for. Could you believe like that, that Sienna Miller would be in like two 
Oscar uh, recognized movies in this past year, but having done fucking G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. The rise of code. like watching G.I. Joe, I'd have been like, wow, I can't believe that this woman ever actually gets any like accolades at all. I do agree with you, though, Joel, that I think she's having a great time. I think she's uh, she looks fantastic. Uh, yes, she looks perfect. in this movie. She does. She as as the Baroness, I had a hard time recasting because I thought she was really great in that role. Me too. Um, I liked I didn't like her acting, but I liked looking at Rachel Nichols <laughs> as well. I, yeah, I, I had I had fun with that. The ladies looked great. Uh, mm-hmm. And I thought, I thought, you know what? We we talk about Channing Tatum not having any personality, but I mean, you think about Duke back in the cartoon; he didn't really have much of a personality either. Yeah, he was kind of a meathead, just a meathead alpha male. So yeah, and it's not like he was the lead in this movie. It's such an ensemble piece that I'm I'm okay having a a, a chucklehead. Yeah. So it, that that being said, I was kind of okay with the performances for the most part um from the heroes <laughs> i feel like the villains you had the baroness and then i kind of thought like everybody else uh were they were different shades of horrible <laughs> mm-hmm. uh including jgl uh poor joko left poor joko left chris eccleston was having a i was just having a hard time watching him uh yeah. the zartan character maybe storm shadow maybe i enjoyed watching the storm shadow guy he was okay but well. <laughs> Yeah, but he—I mean—he's just an ass kicker. I mean, he was in what it was uh, Expendables and Expendables Two, and no, no, it was Red and Red Two. Yeah, that was Red and Red, 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 Red yeah. Two. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> wrong movie. Sorry, you're getting your Asians mixed up. Well, it, but, but they were but they were both uh, had Bruce um, Willis in them, so that's why I was. That's confused. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, go. good, good job, good job. Uh, nice save, nice save. <laughs> do you have anything else? Nope. No. All right, Joel, do you have anything else? Uh, I do not. Okay, excellent. Then uh, we're going to go through and figure out what this movie did right. Joe, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, man, I I was such a fan of this, uh, watching the cartoon. Again, didn't read the comics, but in my research, there's a lot of fan service in this film. Lots of little Easter eggs. Uh, all the characters are there. Um, I, If you're going to make a a film of a, of a popular property like that, I mean, this is the way to do it. It doesn't really hold up for me as a film on its own. But I appreciate that they didn't uh, do what so many other films do when they're adapting uh, pre-existing uh, material and be like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna drop this and we're gonna you know we're gonna change it." You complained about some of the tweaks before, but I think there was enough in there uh, for for fans of GI Joe to, uh-huh. to go away happy. You know, there were a couple times where I thought it was it was okay. Like I didn't like the Marlon Wayans, like they were just shoehorning in the wow, you got real lifelike hair, ooh, and that kung fu grip. But I did yeah. like I did like in the chase in Paris where Snake Eyes is on the car and you know they, they he's trying to get in and they they keep fighting him off and at one point they think he's disappeared and Baroness says uh, he must have given up and Storm Shadow has this like this excellent like push in on the camera and he goes he never gives up which is like a lyric to the <laughs> yep. opening theme song right I liked that I liked little things like that when they're kind of peppered in uh, but not too obvious to like everybody but if you're a fan right. of the show like he never gives up ah, all right well that kind of makes me laugh a little bit that's pretty good um but yeah uh that that's <laughs> that's pretty much it for me uh howie what did you think the movie did right well i mean this is if this came on tv on a saturday and i, I would sit and watch it yeah that I, that I had to sit through it and watch it and pay attention to it you know i mean this is this is background noise for me uh-huh. i mean it, it's a fun little movie but the fact that I had to sit and watch it and be critical of it, it made me think, oh, God, I don't like this movie. Yeah. But if it came on Saturday afternoon while I'm sitting here at the house, yeah, I'm probably going to watch it. Okay. What I think the movie did well was I think it, it captured, for me, it captured the spirit of the G.I. Joe cartoon. 
uh, a lot of times in just the you know just the right guilty pleasure kind of ways. Uh, I I had fun with it. I wasn't expecting anything crazy. The nanobots seemed right up the alley of G.I. Joe. I'm like, all right, this is exactly like I could have sworn I've seen a cartoon episode that had this as a plot where the nanobots are eating stuff up. And uh, I dug that. Uh, I, I, I liked it. I liked how it, it kind of captured the feel of that, of the, the fun of the cartoon. I do see where Joel's coming from, where it felt like it was sometimes it was trying to take itself seriously and sometimes it wasn't. And it kind of struck an imbalance there. Right. Uh, but for the most part, it, it worked okay for me. Joel, what did the movie do wrong? Really violent. Um, Ironically, what it did wrong is the exact same thing I'm citing for what it did right. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of fan service. Yeah, they peppered in a lot of characters, but too many characters. Man, if you went into this movie not knowing any of the backstory or not knowing who you're supposed to follow, who, who who's the main character in this movie, Joe? Uh, I would say, based on the information given, the main character of this movie is Destro. Because, yeah, yes, because right? you start, you open the film with his ancestors. And then move on. Like, he is obviously supposed to be the main character of this movie in the way that it's presented. Well, and it is called yep. Rise of Cobra. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, I think I think he is supposed to be the main character. And everybody else is just kind of there to facilitate his plot line. Right. Which isn't what it's supposed to be. <laughs> that that, no, that and, shouldn't and, be it. And actually, you kind of just made my point for me because we have two villains. There's even too many villains in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, who's, who's the main guy? I don't know who the hero is. I don't know who the, the villains are. Uh, it's too much. Too much. And too long. It's consumerism. Mm-hmm. That's the villain. <laughs> <laughs> Howie, what did this movie do wrong? Um, I, I think, yeah, it had too many characters in it. If you're not, because my wife was home this afternoon and was watching this with me, and she's like, oh, no. what is all this about? Yeah. I'm like, I got to watch this for the podcast tonight. And she's like, they're blowing up too many cars. This guy likes cars <laughs> in the air. And, and she's even going, fire underwater? And my wife's not a big tech geek. And she's just like, that makes no sense whatsoever. I thought you used that to put it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she came up with the same thing that we were talking about. The ice is not going to sink. Ice, is, ice won't sink. She's like, they, they're going to blow that up and... It's just going to float away. Yes. <laughs> what about the polar bear? You know, what about the poor polar I like bear? That that's the takeaway. That is the takeaway from this movie. What about the polar bear? <laughs> and I think that, you know, that is a very important statement that could be made about this movie in general. You know, from the polar bear that mm-hmm. gets his habitat fucked up yeah. and the desert that has the ocean underneath it. Uh-huh. I think this whole thing is just, it's a statement on, you know, how we are destroying our own natural environments and not doing anything to try to preserve the environment or the people. Okay. <laughs> can I have right. the can I have the soapbox now? <laughs> yes, yes you can. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm good. Oh, you're good. Yeah. All right, what I think this movie and I can't believe that we really didn't touch on this a little bit more. What I think this movie did the worst was the fucking CG. The special oh. effects in this movie oh, yes. are fucking bad. Some of you them are what? okay, but then some of them are really, really bad. Yeah. That I, last... was, I was watching this with the girlfriend, with Jenna, and uh, she, we were watching that final climax, and she was like, what year did this movie come out? <laughs> and it was like 2009. <laughs> she was like, wow, the effects aren't very good for something that only came out five years ago. Yeah. And, I, and then yeah. I had to explain to her, well, just because we had the technology doesn't mean everyone wants to pay to, well, to get ILM to do their film. Yeah, uh-huh. Destro's face at the end. Oh, yeah. The Destro face at the end was uh-huh. the fucking worst. Oh, well, yeah. and then in the scene underwater where, where Channing Tatum says, you know, my army, and it's a shot of his face, and then as soon as it 
pulls away, you go, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? That didn't even look like Channing Tatum. Yeah, the uh, the 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 green screened faces when they're in the acceleration suits, uh-huh. those are ugly to look at. Yes. Uh, well, they 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 cheated by putting the display over it. Yeah. Glass. That's true, but you still see a little bit of it, and that you could tell it's like CG'd in there. That's really ugly. Uh, I'm trying to think of a moment in this movie where the, the special effects looked good. Some of the like the uh, where it was all totally CG, like some of the underwater shots. Uh huh. Those were okay. Okay. I mean, you could still see little. You could really nitpick if you wanted to, but all in all, I went, well, that's, that's pretty good, uh-huh. you know. But it's underwater. Yeah. Which you get a pass there because <laughs> it's not clear. It's not like it's out. But uh, in the opening scene with the Apache helicopters, I went. Oh my god! That looks so bad. They were bad. Yeah, the, the practical effects they used in this movie were pretty good. Yes, the few practical effects that they used with the cars flipping and the mm-hmm. explosions. Yep. I'm like, wow, that looks pretty nice. But they could not marry the special effects, the CG with practical. No. They did a really rough job with that. So I would put that just a little bit higher than the editing in this movie. Uh, yeah, that CG was fucking bad. All right, so if we were to recast GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra. Uh, how would we do it? Uh, I'll go ahead and I'll start, and then we'll go to Joel, and then we'll Great. finish up with you, Howie. All right. Uh, all right, so let me – I need to pull up my phone. It just went off. Uh, there we go. Okay. I'm going to start off straight up telling you who my director is going to be. It doesn't affect who my cast is, but mm-hmm. I just, just to get it out of the way, Zack Snyder would be directing this shit oh, show. Oh, fantastic. And there are plenty of moments in this movie where you could do the Zack Snyder slow down and then speed back up thing. Uh, all right, so going through, I didn't cast like some of the the, the spare Joes like Breaker and Heavy Duty. Yeah. I didn't cast them. Um, what about Bebop and Rocksteady? Did you cast them? <laughs> Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, yes. No. Uh, okay. So Zartan, the the master of disguise, Zartan in my version would be played by Simon Pegg. I think that Ooh. Zartan needs to be a little bit more of a, a a wiry guy, someone that you could put weight onto. If you needed to, I feel like a master of disguise would be a small person who'd be able to layer up to look like somebody else. I see that. Um, all right, Storm Shadow, played by Jet Li, because of course, <laughs> because I'm guilty of what Howie <laughs> Howie just did a few minutes ago, where I was like, it's the wrong movie. Uh, all right, so Destro, we haven't seen this guy in a while, uh, and I'd like to see him back on screen. Uh, he wouldn't have the uh, the whole Christopher Eccleston accent thing going on, but I think Viggo Mortensen. As Destro Ooh. would be pretty fun. That would be nice. yeah. Uh, I, I feel like if you're going to be a warmonger, maybe you have a little bit of a, a, a an edge to you. You know, I wasn't scared of Christopher Eccleston at all no. in this movie, uh, but Viggo Mortensen, he kind of scares the shit out of me. Um, all right, so going into because I'm going to save Cobra Commander, uh, our Joe's Ripcord be played by Tyrese Gibson, uh, Hawk played by Kurt Russell, Scarlet would be played by Shailene Woodley. Because she's a redhead. And, oh, uh, yeah. And uh, I like her. I just like her so much. Uh, Snake oh, yeah. Eyes. I've seen a lot of his work lately with the uh, updates on the Deadpool movie. I'd like to see Ryan Reynolds in the Snake Eyes costume. And I know Ooh. you hire Ryan Reynolds because he's a smartass and, you know, he's uh, he wisecracks a lot. But I kind of feel like his physicality is kind of perfect for, uh, for Snake Eyes. Um, all right. So now our final three. We've got Duke. I liked this guy. It's another guilty pleasure movie. Uh, the Lone Ranger. Uh, he was also uh, in the Social Network, and he's going to be in this movie coming up soon, Man from Uncle. Uh, I went with Army Hammer for Duke. Good call, good call. Uh, and and matching him up with playing the Baroness, uh, Kobe Smulders, who also looks good in tight leather, like from the Avengers, mm-hmm. and uh, and Cobra Commander, played by Dave Franco. Hmm. 
Because <laughs> he needs to be young. He needs to be somebody that went into battle with Duke and stuff and kind of green, you know, wet behind the ears. So that's uh, that's my casting. Joel, what do you got? All right, fair enough. Uh, I didn't cast nearly as many as you do. I think I have six or seven here. Uh, I'm going to start... Let's start with Scarlet. Um, I'm going to do... This is uninspired, but Karen Gillen, is that how you say her name? From yes. uh, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy? Uh, of course, redhead, adorable. Uh, the Destro character, Christopher Eccleston. Uh, I went uh, Mads Mikkelsen, who, uh, <laughs> nice. what would you know him from? One of the, the 007 movies. That he's Daniel also Craig. Hannibal. And also the Hannibal, the TV show. Mads yeah. Mikkelsen, he's a he's a imposing character. The Dennis Quaid, uh, what is he, Lieutenant Hawk? Yes. Commander Hawk, something like that. General Hawk. Um, General Hawk, there you go. In my uh, version of this film, it's going to be a little more a little more campy. And uh, who else? Well, he's got the name Camp right in his name. Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you seriously pronounce it like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to, to accentuate the camp. Bruce Campbell from uh, Evil Dead. Uh, the Marlon Wayans character, Riptide. No, Ripcord, not Riptide. How about... Uh, from Scrubs, Donald Faison. Nice. In that role. A little, little comedic timing. Uh, Channing Tatum. <sighs> I got all right, I got two choices here. I'm just going to pick one just in case uh, Howie has my other one. But uh, come on. You can't think of this movie without thinking of Mark Wahlberg up there. He, <laughs> oh he is G.I. Joe yeah, in real life. He's too old to play Duke. You think so? Duke Duke's a guy in his mid-20s. Hey, hey, guys. Yeah. What, <laughs> what happened to all the warheads? Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys, what's happening, guys? Something's happening. He's, he's timeless. He's forever young <laughs> in my book. The Sienna Miller character, the Baroness. Um, how about Scarlett Johansson? Looks hot. I almost well. I almost went with her. Basically, reprising her role uh, from the Avengers movies. And then finally, my favorite, Joe Golev. Uh, how about another person with three names? How about Neil Patrick Harris? <laughs> <laughs> you are going for comedy on this. I am. Uh, and yet, ironically, uh, Michael Bay is going to be my director. Oh, God. Oh, that's who I picked. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> yes, you went with Michael Bay? <laughs> yes, sir. He sure. Yeah, Bay. he sure did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Howie, you got the floor. Oh, yeah. Leave it up to me to knock this out of the park here. Uh, so, for heavy duty, there's no other guy I can see there, Terry Crews. Nice. <laughs> oh, fuck yes, dude. That's very good. And plus, you know, get the inevitable, you know, boob shaking that he does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You need to man up, dude. Dun, 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 dun. So you're going for a comedy too. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going for a little bit of comedy, a little bit. I'm just you know, because it's it's GI Joe. It's campy. It's yes. fun. Yeah. But there also has to be a little bit of evil in there. So for Destro, I went Tom Hiddleston. Oh, nice. Oh, good call. That's a good pick. Now the Doctor or Cobra Commander, I had two, and I one because I want to really see this guy do something evil. Uh huh. Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, oh, I want to. I want to see him be nasty. Huh? Either that or Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg, who we're going to see as Lex Luthor. As Lex Luthor, yeah. yeah. Um, but cool. yeah, uh, Storm Shadow. I kept as Byung Hung Lee. Um Because yeah. that guy's just badass. <laughs> he, did, he did great. He did great. Uh, Anna the Baroness. Uh, Erica Durance. Oh, Lois Lane from Smallville. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, nicely done. Yeah. Uh, Scarlet. There is only one Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, I went a little deeper on this one. Dr. Mindbender, um, David Morrissey from The Walking Dead. He was the uh -huh. governor. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Who, uh, was, who was Dr. Mindbender in the movie? He was the dude in the bunker. 
Which, by the way, how does this guy have a bunker in the middle of an Afghan war region? Holy shit. That's Dr. That's Mindbender. That's right, Dr. Mindbender. Uh-huh. Okay, all right. Holy, I forgot that was they, that that was that character. Uh huh. I don't think they called him by name, but you, it's you know, no, actually, actually, he did. In the flashback, he said Doctor Mindbender. Wow. And my wife went, "Really? That's his name?" I remember him <laughs> in the cartoon. I can't believe I've missed that. Uh, this one's just for Joel. I cast uh, as Hard Master. His name is Ken Watanabe, not Watanabe. Uh. Oh, I, I was screaming at the podcast the day you were saying. I'm like, it's Watanabe. Uh, yeah, Ken whatever. Watanabe is hard what, master. Whatever. <laughs> I kept Ray Park as Snake Eyes because I think uh, he just kicks ass. Yeah. Um, yeah. The president, uh, Andrew Lincoln from Walking Dead. <laughs> oh, I was like, uh, oh, Abraham okay. Lincoln's Abraham son. Lincoln. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, General Hawk, um, I was torn between two between David Hasselhoff and Matthew McConaughey. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I was Dude, going, can can, I, can I bring back what Joel said earlier? <laughs> said no one ever. <laughs> I was like, if I'm going full camp, it's David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Holy shit. That's General Hawk. Um, That's fantastic. <laughs> Duke Kit Harrington. Oh, yeah, Game of Thrones. Yes. You know nothing, Jon Snow. You know nothing, Duke. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And Ripcord, Jaden Smith. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, how dare you. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Ooh, kick-ass. Kick-ass. And Quicksilver. Uh-huh. Well, he's got nothing else going on right now. Uh-uh. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. That's a good casting. Do you have a director for that? No, Michael Bay. Oh, that's right. If you want Michael if, Bay. If, if you want to blow shit up, get Michael Bay involved. That's <laughs> Michael Bay. God damn it. Agreed. All right. If you've got any thoughts on G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, if there's something that we missed... Uh, if you have any ideas for like your own special casting for this movie, you can let us know on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and uh, in the search bar, put in the editing bay, find the girl with the bleeding eyes. That's us. That's where you talk back to us. We also have a website, Rachel. Sure do. It is editingbay.com. You can go there and find out all about the show. See some pics of us when we had our live show back uh, oh, about a year ago this time. Over a year uh, ago. We also have links to our, our other social media networks there. You can link directly to Facebook from there. And you can also follow our Twitter account. We are at the editing bay on Twitter. And and at George's Goiter, we still haven't yes. done anything with it, but we're getting <laughs> followers for some reason. Are we? Yeah, are we up to now? I, I think I think we're up to like seven. Uh, <laughs> but but no, we've we've got we've got George's Goiter. If you have any ideas for what we should do with that, let us know because we've obviously done nothing. Um, you know what? We would really appreciate if you download our show, if especially if you get it through iTunes or the podcasting app on your Apple device. Uh, if you could go to the uh, search function on your podcasting app and then look up Next Wave Radio. You do that, it'll bring up all of our shows. Go to each of those shows, but especially us, The Editing Bay, and leave us a review, a review and a rating. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. That's uh, that's how we show ourselves a little bit of, a little bit of legitimacy in the podcasting uh, world. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, if you don't have an Apple device, you can also get us on your Android by using the Podcast Addict or Podcast Republic applications. Uh, you can search the iTunes library doing that. Uh, but yeah, no, we totally appreciate that. Give lots of love to uh, all of our Next Wave shows. We've got the 8-Bit Gladiators with Jeff, John, and Jay. They talk about video games. Sports with Matthew and Danny on MVP. And uh, My Comic Life with Jeff and Sam. Uh, they got some fun stuff this past week. They talked about Game of Thrones, did a little bit of a, little bit of a wrap-up. And uh, yeah, that's, that's all we got. Joel, do you have a movie for next week? You well, you know we have a movie for next week, uh, Joe. This is a movie that's been on my list since, gosh, the beginning of this podcast. Really, yeah, um, yeah. when we we decided we wanted to 
talking about movies that uh, you know sometimes weren't as successful as we had hoped they were. Sometimes they're sequels of movies that we they, loved. They didn't live uh, up to movie, the first. <laughs> exactly, the first or second, and this one certainly didn't live up to its predecessors. Um, and timely as well with the new Jurassic World coming out next week. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to talk about the worst, in my opinion, of the Jurassic Park movies. Jurassic Park 3. This one doesn't get a lot of play. You don't see it a lot on TV. It's always one and two. My God, AMC has been airing the hell out of the original Jurassic Park uh, in in order in ramping up to Jurassic World. We need to talk about Jurassic Park 3 because uh, it is it is ungood. Yeah, Joe. yeah. I, I... I feel you on that one. I think we're going to be a little bit more in tune with one another on this film. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jurassic Park 3 was a, a little bit of a train wreck. I'm looking forward to that. So next week, guys, Jurassic Park 3, is that on Netflix at all? Uh, unfortunately, it is not. We're going to have to fend for ourselves. <laughs> what the fuck is Universal holding out? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you're not going to get Jurassic Park 3. Uh, I think they kind of want people to forget that that movie yeah, existed. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe they're the going to gonna pull a Superman. And just, you know, 4 is going to completely forget about <laughs> 3. <laughs> Uh, well, right. You know what? Actually, I talked to some people this week, and they were like, oh, this is the third Jurassic Park, right? You know, they had this in the Lost World, and this in this part three. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Sam Neill returns. Uh, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> Jurassic Park 3, guys, next week. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Howie, thank you for joining us yep, again. My pleasure. And doing all the scientific math. Uh, <laughs> you, you've won. You won the podcast. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much, sir. I know this one went a little bit long. Uh, and thank you, Editing Bay listeners. Joel, hope you get better. Thanks, man. Sorry I couldn't be there in studio, but uh, your your unborn child will thank me for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, recover from the Ebola. We'll catch you next week, guys. This is the editing bay. We'll see you later. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.